Hey there, and thanks for joining the Parable Podcast. My name is Danielle Zapchank. Every week, we get a chance to listen to others and lean in a little bit. If you've been impacted by one of these parables, I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or at my website, daniellezapchank.com, just to hear your story and to see how God is working in your life. Today, I am joined by my friend, Lindsay Rice, as she shares about how our parables are not wasted. I have the pleasure of being with my friend Lindsay Rice today. Lindsay and I have known each other for a very long time. She was in high school, I was in college, and we helped with the youth group. It was 20 years ago. Crazy. You still literally look like you're in high school, so congratulations. (laughs) You look beautiful. You just have a passion for our community and our world. And so why don't you explain who is Lindsay Rice? What are you all about? (laughs) I guess the first thing you'd have to know is I'm Greek, which means everything that you know about Greeks totally applies to me. That definitely sums up who I am probably the most. I've been in Chicago for the majority of my life. Love Chicago. I'm a mom. I've got two kids, Emma, who's 11, and Luke, who's five. Emma has started middle school this year, which is just like another level of parenthood. And it's just craziness. I feel like I age so much just with her doing that like it's crazy and my son just started kindergarten so I like have a quiet house now during the days it's very weird it's fantastic right (laughs) honestly it's amazing what you can get done when there aren't children around although I do really miss them it's very it's a very weird transition I'm very involved in my church been a leader there for a long time been a part of our global team have spent the last 10 years coordinating the perspectives class here in Chicago and then have recently started working with them full-time and just seeing this class mobilized throughout Illinois and Wisconsin. For somebody who's not familiar with what Perspectives is, what do you do? Perspectives is a 15-week course that really at its center, it's about understanding what God's greatest purpose is. And, you know, spoiler alert, the answer is that he would be glorified and that he would be glorified by all people, you know? And so what role do we have in that same purpose, you know? And how does that affect our purpose in our own lives? So we kind of unpack this in in four different portions. The first five weeks of the class, we go through the biblical section. We see how the whole Bible from beginning to end really all centers around God and how he has desired to draw people to himself all the way back from in Genesis. And we see that all the way through Revelation. We have a part to play within that. Then we move forward into the historical section. We see how has the gospel moved? How has the gospel moved from the book of Acts to today? Where have God's mm-hmm. people faithfully brought the gospel? And how has God moved his gospel even when his people were not willing to go? And then we take time to look at what is the state of the world right now? What are those parts of the world that the gospel has not been? And what does it look like for us as God's people to desire to see it brought there? And then we unpack that further in our cultural and strategic sections, saying what are those hurdles within our cultures and languages that can be barriers to moving the gospel? And then how do we think strategically about what does it actually mean to see the gospel move to all people so that disciples can truly be made of all nations. It is this 15 weeks of education, but that's really meant to culminate in next steps in actions afterwards. We talk about how this class is like, if you're really comfortable with where your life is at, maybe don't take the class because it's going to it's gonna push you out of that comfort zone and really ruin you for the ordinary. So I love it. I've <laughs> been doing that for the last decade and I love it. Well, I can definitely see that in you, Lindsay, that you want to push people out of the comfortability of their lives, not in a mean way, but in an honest way. And I think for me, the last couple years of my life, recognizing, oh, wow, we have something besides America in our life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's this whole world out there and 
people are spreading the gospel all over the world. So just recognizing and just taking a moment to think like, oh, this is beyond just my box of where I live exactly. and who I am as an American citizen. Exactly. Thank you for, for pushing people yeah. to help them better understand that. One of the things that we get to do every year, uh, the group of us that were in youth group and helped at our local church when, when we were growing up, we go camping every yeah. year. And my favorite thing about that time is just listening to what God's been doing in people's lives, telling stories, remembering funny <laughs> moments, and just sitting around the campfire. And I think listening to people's stories is so impactful because we get to hear how God's working. We get to celebrate with each other we get to cry with each other. So I know you've had some time to think, what is you know, your parable story? You have so many, but what's one of them that you'd like to share today? It's not a story that is in just one piece of my life. It's kind of one that has expanded through yeah. the vast majority of my life, but I'm going to try to bring it all together for you. Sure. When I kind of share my, my testimony, you know, the story of how God has changed my life and drawn me to himself, there's kind of a couple different veins within it. And probably the largest one has to do with my health and the way that Lord has used that. So the story kind of begins around fourth grade. So forever ago, I remember that's probably my first memory I still have now of just noticing that I was starting to just feel different. I was a really active child, very capable, very confident, did things for myself. And I, I could see, I could start to feel things were changing. My body was just hurting all the time. I remember, I think part of why fourth grade has stuck in my head is I just remember asking my teacher if I could just stand at my desk or kneel at my desk. Like I just I like, could not be in that chair any longer. And she was so, so sweet to have like truly believed me, you know, and allowed me that to be able to kind of yeah move my chair to the side and do what I needed to do. Starting then and then for several years, I remember every time we'd have a pediatrician appointment, I would mention, I'd mention just this pain I was in. And it kept getting chalked up to growing pains. I'm a very tiny person. And at that time, I was really, really tiny, really short, tiniest person in my grade. And so after about three years of this, I was like, guys, look at me. I have not grown. Like it is obviously not growing pains. I need you to think a little bit bigger now. Finally, we got them to run some tests and in it actually found two things. One, there was actually some reasons for just how tiny I was. We found I had a disease in my thyroid, but then we also found the culprit for all that pain. I had rheumatoid arthritis. And so it was one of those things where like I kind of just rolled with it. But at the same time, that was that first moment where I realized life was going to look a little bit different and I was going to be a little bit different than some of the other kids around me. And at that same time in my life, there was just a lot of other dark and heavy things happening. So by the time I got this diagnosis, I was in junior high and I was already struggling with so many other things. I had started to, for the first time in my life, kind of slip into a depression, just like great grief and realizing just the effects of sin, the effects of a fallen world, and just feeling so different and so alone in what I was dealing with. But what I can also say is like, because I realized at that point that this was not something I could save myself from. This was not something that with all of my strength and capableness, I could make better. And I really needed something more than that. And so my family has always gone to church since I was a kid. I came to know the Lord probably second, third grade, somewhere in there. So I knew him. And in junior high, I, it was when I think it was through all of this. It was through this pain and through this darkness that I realized I needed something more. And that is honestly, I think, when Jesus really grabbed a hold of me. So in junior high, I got really involved in my youth group there, learned how to just read the Bible on my own. And God really used this. He used this pain he used this darkness to reveal himself to me, his care for me, his love for me, and that he would do something in me and through me because of this. 
it was a really beautiful and a really cool experience, to be entirely honest with you, to kind of like grow older in and see how that shaped me into high school. And then kind of going into college, it was, it was the same. I just, you know, got, got involved in campus ministry there, really just on fire for the Lord. College is a great opportunity for your faith to become even more your own. Nobody's going to bring you to church. You know, no one's going to drag you out of bed for that stuff. And so like it was really just continued on in that way. But at the same time, also, I started to develop new diseases. They're all autoimmune disease. If you're not familiar with autoimmune disease, basically these are diseases that we kind of clump into this group because we really don't know what's causing them or why they're doing what they're doing. Your immune system is being tricked for some reason into attacking these parts of your body. So rheumatoid arthritis would fall into that category. The thyroid disease I have is um, specifically is autoimmune. It's called Hashimoto's. So it's the same thing. My immune system is attacking those parts of me. What adds to our just lack of understanding of these diseases is over time, autoimmune diseases create more autoimmune diseases. And so I think college was was the first time when I really started to realize that. Like it just had not crossed my mind before. And so as I got sicker and really had to, on my own, find the right doctors, hunt things down, try to figure things out. Because also the reality of autoimmune diseases is they can be also very difficult to diagnose. So Lindsay, in that time, so you're talking from fourth grade to college, because of this lack of understanding, did you have struggles where you were trying to understand at the same time what God was doing? Because it it is confusing. You're going through puberty. (laughs) You're going through all of these changes. You're having a relationship with God and it is this roller coaster of sorts. So did you feel like you drew closer to him or did you have those moments of like, I don't know what's happening to me and God, why? I think what I started out with was questions of just like, what is even happening? And in the end, God kind of was the thing that answered those questions for me, you know? And so very much he drew me closer to himself. There was just so much sanctification and just working within me. And it was sweet. It was really cool to be able to just shine brightly for the Lord in the midst of sickness. But as I've developed more and more diseases, I've never questioned as far as my walk with the Lord or or I felt a lack of trust towards him. But it did get to this point of like, really Lord? Like what? And that's why even even post college and into marriage and I've I've now in the last fifteen years developed several more diseases. And so I've I remember even recently in my small group just talking to them about as we've been thinking through what this these next set of symptoms are and what diseases these correlate with. Just saying to them, I'm like, guys, like I can so easily look at the entirety of my story and the illnesses that I've had and seen the way that God has used them. But also, isn't there some other way I can be refined? You know, <laughs> like what else is there for me to possibly learn from more diseases? You know, like I feel like mm-hmm. the lessons you learn from that, you learn, and then you know, let's let's move on to something different, God. Like, like let's 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 do something different now. What was sweet was they reminded me actually in my small group. They were like, Lindsay, I feel like for every disease that you have, you have met somebody months Mm -hmm. later or years later that was getting diagnosed with those same diseases and you've been able to walk alongside them. And it was just a sweet, sweet reminder that not only has God done a work in me, but he's allowed me to use this experience to help other people. 
you know, especially for so many, these are their first or second diseases that they're being uh, diagnosed with. And so it's really scary in the beginning. It's so scary to be like, wow, my life really is changing. I have to understand these things. There are things now in my life that I might have to give up that I can no longer do. And so I've been able to walk alongside those people during that with each and every one of my diseases, which is really just crazy and really more than I could ask for. You are able to walk alongside because sometimes in those dark moments in the questioning and the confusion, like how is God going to use this? And just in the simple ways of being with somebody else and explaining, you know, I've walked through this as well and I'm here to support and love you through it because it is hard and confusing. And that's why God made community. Exactly. All of this stuff, it has changed plans I've had for my life, thoughts of where I would be going, things like that. Because actually in college, that's when the Lord really grabbed hold of me and opened my eyes to his love and desire for the nations. I spent a summer in East Asia and just saw how big our God is and just how creative he is and just the cultures that he's made and how different we can be from one another. It was super cool. It was just really, really cool. And also like it's hard for us, I think, in America to understand how there can be parts of the world where people have literally never heard of Jesus, just never. And at the same time also see that they had a, just a deep longing for something more and they just didn't know what it was. Really from college forward, that had shaped kind of what I saw myself doing. I was getting my degree in education. I had always grown up wanting to be a teacher and also knew like that actually can open a lot of doors for me too into other countries. So after college, I got married to my husband um, and we kind of started that process of what it would look like to go overseas long term. And it was in that season too where I was developing more diseases. And Mm -hmm. so we asked a bunch of our friends to be in prayer about it because we could feel, I could feel in high school, in college and then afterwards, just the role the enemy even played in that. Every opportunity that I had to really be this city on a hill for the Lord and and, and to really display him and who he is to other people, the enemy hit hard. He used my illnesses. He's he's used these dark pieces in my past to get in the way of what it is that the Lord has wanted. And so we didn't want that for this. And so we asked people to pray. We're like, guys, pray. If this is just the works of the enemy and stopping us from being able to go, pray for strength, pray for endurance, pray for answers to, to what it is that's going on in my body, but also pray for wisdom. Because if this is also the Lord saying, hey, I actually have something different planned for you. Uh, we want to be open to hearing that. We knew we were going to be married for at least three years before going overseas. It's a wise thing to do, work through some of those fun little kinks and joys of the beginning of marriage uh, before going overseas. And so we were in communication with the agency that was going to send us. We knew kind of what the hurdles that we needed to get past first, though, and it really was diagnosing whatever was going on in my body at that time. It got to the point that like I, I couldn't even stay in my teaching job full time. I went down to part time and try to give time for my body to heal and to just see as many doctors as possible. We got to the point where our doctors here just couldn't figure it out. We got on the waiting list at Mayo, took about a year to get in there, tried to get some more diagnoses. They ran every test there was. We got some clarity, but not fully. So just as this went on and on, we finally just came to realize, and I wish I could tell you it was this big, you know, lightning bolt from the sky thing, you know, or the Lord specifically saying it to me in a dream or something. It wasn't, but I can tell you that he clearly stated to me that where he wanted us was here. And we were already strategically positioned in Chicago. We were already working with the nations here, greeting and welcoming and loving on international students who for so many being here this is their only opportunity that they may ever have to hear of who Jesus is. And so we were engaging in that way and we knew the nations were here. But I have to be honest, like they were still grieving there. I know for so many people, we'll never ask God to send us. 
We'll never make ourselves open to being sent. And so I just didn't fully understand why God had done this great work in us, giving us this drive and desire, and then saying, sorry, never mind, this is where you're going to be, you know? Yeah. There was a grieving period in this health stuff. It was a tricky thing to come out of, you know? What was cool was then we were like, okay, we're here right now. Let's see where the Lord has us. That year, I took perspectives. And at the time, our global pastor at our church was the one who was coordinating it. And he was moving into a different pastoral position. And we were going to need to be hiring a new global pastor. But in the meantime, then, we had nobody to coordinate the class. And so he had reached out to me and one of my other friends to see if we would be willing to take that baton. And so I said, yeah. I said yes to that. It was a cool opportunity to still be a part of what God is doing. I'd seen the way the class really changed lives. This is a class that really it's for anybody. Like you definitely have the people that plan to go overseas to do ministry overseas. Absolutely. They took this class, like just prepared them, really taught them a lot, especially with they would pay really close attention to that cultural and strategic section. Like what were those things that they really need to be thinking about when they were going to try to share the gospel overseas cross-culturally. But for the average person, that biblical section was is the most like life-altering, just realizing this huge role that we get to play in what God's doing. And then even to have a teaching background, this was a cool opportunity to be a part of just educating people in something that was just just huge. It's interesting how when we look back at our life, the things that we see as these huge boulders and roadblocks of what we imagine our life to be in reality, it allows us to see God working in our life exactly. and how He wants to use us and shape us for for His glory. Because sometimes we, we internally think like, okay, this is what I want to do right. and this is what I believe is best for our family or our marriage. And and, you know, just taking the time to just be humble. Thank you for being very vulnerable about that and recognizing our faith is about wrestling over those roadblocks in our life. Because we, we don't always think about the fact that, like, we could be doing something that is so clearly for God, and yet that's just not the thing God wants us to be doing at that time, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it totally makes sense when He steers us in a different direction when we're doing, you know, sinful things. So we just don't expect it in this way. But God has used it, and so it's been just sweet. I work with refugees as well. We So many refugees come into Chicago and make a home here. And so I've just been able to find multiple different ways that I can still be a part of what God is doing overseas, right here, drawing the nations to himself. So just investing my time in that way, raising my children even in that way to know that like we live for a purpose that is so much greater than our own. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be inundated in every different corner about what the purpose of your life should be here within our own culture in America. And biblically, it's just going to look so different than what the person next to you thinks that it is. But what I would say in the end, one of the things I've really learned then over these last almost 30 years of illness and redirection and things like that is we sometimes try to just tie a pretty bow on it. You know, I remember Mm. for so long, I would share my testimony and just be like, man, when I look at all this hard stuff, like I wouldn't trade any of it because of the work that God did in and through me, the way that his glory was able to be on display in me. But as I've gotten older, I think one of the things the Lord's really been speaking to me lately is that's just not the reality of pain and suffering because these things are a result of sin. These things are a result of a fallen world. And so, no, I absolutely would trade those things if I could go back. Like, especially when I would think about just the number of diseases, I'd be like, Lord, I could at least give back some of those, right? Like maybe I could keep one and that one would sanctify me, but the rest, like that would be super great to not have. We could think about this, I think, even clearer when we think of other ways of suffering or grief, when we think of loss, you know, loss of family members, loss of, of children. We would never look back on that and say, 
oh yeah, I wouldn't trade that for a world. No, we would absolutely trade that. We would love that person with us. But instead, what the Lord has taught me is that he does not waste even an ounce of it. So no matter what that pain or suffering or grief has looked like in our lives, he promises us that he will not waste it. That's the thing that I've hung on to, you know, in, in all of it. And even when I get to walk alongside other people in it, this is not meaningless. Your pain and your hurt, God will do something with it. And it's pretty cool to get to have a front row seat to God's glory on display to others. Gosh, it is so helpful to recognize that about ourselves and to see how we get to be an example to all of those around us of what God is doing in our world and in our communities. You talked about walking alongside other people who are going through similar situations. Has there been somebody or multiple people in your life that have also kind of come in and done the same with you, walked alongside you during these last years of your life? Definitely when I was younger and that was like junior high and senior high years, both of my youth parents pastors there really played a big role making a safe place for me to talk through things. Our lead pastor's wife also, I did some like counseling with her, which was just huge. And just walking through, not only taking time for me to process through everything I was dealing with, but also she really taught me to look at scripture and see the promises of God within it. Those three sets of people really, I think, are what set me up as I got older. They helped me to create a good foundation of understanding how we process pain and suffering. I think without that, there would have been a lot more confusion. It would have been a lot more difficult for me especially in college, like then fully on my own to process that stuff. As I've gotten older, the friends that I've gotten to walk alongside have been really faithful in walking alongside me as well. So the people that I can kind of provide counsel to are also some of those same people that just speak love back into me. Or even like those small group women. These women are just one of the greatest joys of my life. And so they've always just been so good at listening to me, listening to me in the fear or the pain or the struggle of stuff and just point me back to Jesus in it. The Lord been really kind to me in that way. You know, in the messiness that we talked about in your life, in everybody's life, the hardship that you went through as a child and just growing up, how do you find or know these safe people in your life that you can trust and kind of develop these relationships with? How do you know that? Some of it took time. So you found that these were safe people. I have a lot of experience in my past with people who you would think would be safe, but aren't in the end. I definitely am not always the easiest person to like let their guard down, especially when I was younger. What I would say as I've gotten older, I've realized is more people are willing to let their guard down with you if you let yours down with them. And so I've become more willing to do that. In the end, I guess more than anything else, it's the Holy Spirit directing and empowering me to make wise choices. When it comes to these women in my small group, especially, or or those people that I'm walking alongside as they're sick, being open with my story is always going to be that thing that helps them be open then with me. I want them to see me as a safe person. And then from there, a relationship can grow. In my quest to find safe people, I try to make make myself that person for others. And sometimes that works out pretty nicely in both directions. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for sharing your parable and just being honest of, you know, the hard stuff that happens in our life, but God is going to use it for his glory. So I greatly appreciate your friendship and sharing with us today. If people wanted to get connected with you, how would they do that? They can email me. You can find me on Facebook, just Lindsay N. Rice at Gmail. Always happy to connect with people to talk about this more. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for your passion and your heart. We appreciate you being on the Parable Podcast. Thanks, love. Thanks for inviting me. 
appreciate Lindsay's honesty in her parable when she said that your pain is not wasted. And there's so much freedom that we can have in that because sometimes we feel like oh, we are boxed in on all sides and that is all who we are and what we think about. But truly there is freedom in the promises of God, in the truth that he gives us. So every week we dig a little deeper around this topic that we shared and some takeaway questions to think about or journal about. So the first question I have for you this week is, what instances in your life allow you the opportunity to support and encourage others? Just think about your everyday week. What have you been doing? What are the conversations that you've had? And then we kind of recognize how God is using those moments to glorify him. Secondly, how have you tried to cover up the hard parts of your life? It's really easy for us to try to have this perfect exterior and to hide and cover up the hard and messy parts. But maybe this is the time to release and bring that back to God. If you like the show, I would so appreciate if you shared this with a friend. It's a great way to connect and continue this parable conversation. Plus, you can also subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts. I greatly appreciate that. If you have any questions, you want more information about today's episode, or contacting Lindsay, you can do that at daniellezaptank.com. I'd love to connect with you more. You can find me hanging out on Instagram or Facebook. And that will do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember your parable, it showcases the opportunity to walk alongside others. And so I can't wait to chat with you again next week on the Parable Podcast. Podcast.